Summertime and the living is easy. And Bradley's on the microphone with Ross MG. All the people in the dance will agree that we're well. How does he freaking rhyme all this stuff? God, I suck. Summertime and the living is easy. I should have just stopped there, right? Of course I should have. What's going on, Lamp Chop? It's Opie, and welcome to another episode of the Opie Radio Podcast. But as you can see, uh, if you're a regular listener to this fine podcast, you're already mad because I'm doing another A Taste, which is a new concept for the newer listeners. Basically, I'm going all the way back to the really early episodes of the Opie Radio Podcast, and I'm picking some of the better clips, putting them together all nice and sweet. So uh, these episodes really, really move with hopefully a lot of laughs. So I hope you enjoy it. And don't worry, I'll be back doing uh, brand new episodes of the Opie Radio Podcast, hopefully in the near future. i got to be honest with you, the reason why I haven't been doing an episode in the last week or so is not because I want to enjoy the last couple weeks of summer with my friends and family. Of course I want to do that. But the real reason is because I uh, pulled my back once again. Yes, I've been dealing with a back problem for probably 25 years at this point. And stupid me, I think, uh, I think I'm a young buck and I think I could still run around with all the young people. And the fact is I can't anymore, but my brain doesn't understand that. My body can't keep up with my brain. My brain's saying, oh, you can still do this shit. You can still rock the waves and do some paddle boarding. And paddleboarding slash surfing. And you can get into a kayak. And you can do sprints on the beach. And you can fish for eight hours. You can do this. And my body's like, ah, fuck, not again. So I pulled it out really, really bad. um, To the point I can't drive. I can't walk. When I sit too long, I can't get to a standing position. So I actually, when I get up from sitting... I walk around like I'm 100, 102 years old. You know those people that are bent all the way down where they're just looking at the floor as they try to walk? I swear to you, that's how I've been walking for the last week or so. Uh, It's frustrating as hell for everybody around me, and they all have advice. Why don't you get an MRI? Why don't you go to a doctor? Why don't you go to a chiropractor? Why don't you get a massage? Why don't you just suck it up, you dick? And the fact is, if anyone out there has back pain, they understand the only thing you could do, basically, is rest. Lots and lots of rest. I actually got a, um, a friend, he's a spine surgeon, and he's well aware of my back issues. And he goes, oh, I'm telling you right now, avoid surgery at all costs. And that's what he does for a living. So I got to just rest and get back to normal so then I can start podcasting with all my pals again. I'm getting there. Uh, My wife, she's got a good sense of humor about it, though, because uh, she calls me crumpled spine. (laughs) It's not bad enough we have an age difference, but then she calls me crumpled spine. And uh, she also says that my, my spine is basically made up of graham crackers and glue. (laughs) Isn't she wonderful? Oh, I love her, though. Oh, boy, do I love her. She also calls me Greggy Pants, but let's keep that between me and you, okay? All right, guys, I will be back soon. But I also like this concept, um, A Taste, where I just kind of re-edit the old episodes, make them really just fucking fly. 
like fly with hopefully a lot of laughs. Uh, these episodes move really, really quickly. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. And and if and and and, 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 and hey, no, don't turn this off. And if you're like a regular hardcore listener of the podcast, I'm telling you, keep listening because you're gonna go, oh my, oh my God, I don't remember hearing that. All right, so we're gonna get into a taste. Basically, it's uh, episode five and six. I picked just a few clips from uh, both episodes and smashed them together, did a little mashup. Uh, the first half of this episode, you'll hear me and Vic Henley in the car talking about porn and hairy women. Uh, he gives me a, a history lesson uh, about Dangerfields, Rodney Dangerfields Comedy Club in New York City, and some of the creepy things they did there. He also beats up Jerry Seinfeld, which I love! Because there we are in, in a car, like, just laughing and having a conversation way better than what Jerry Seinfeld could do. We don't have a big production team with all sorts of cameras and fancy cars uh, and someone that's going to edit, like, a, a three-hour day into, like, a 15-minute episode. What does that say about Jerry Seinfeld? My God. He could only do 15-minute episodes with those incredibly funny people. That's a little weird, my friends. I know it does very well, but uh, I'm not impressed. And then the second half of this uh, episode called The Taste, we, we go down to a fine studio in the village, and we talk to Chris Voss of the record company. This dude is so cool and so loyal and so humble and works really, really, really hard. And he gets pretty deep uh, uh, with some of the conversation that you're about to hear. But we talk about The Doors and other really, really cool stuff. Talk about some of our favorite documentaries. I think we also talk about um, the best live albums of all time. You might want to add to that list. That'd be cool. But I love Chris Voss. He's a very loyal guy. He reached out when he found out that I was doing a podcast and said, man, I want to be on your podcast. So his people reached out to me and we got it done immediately, obviously. So I hope you enjoy this as I... uh, Work on my back. Maybe I'll try a few stretches tonight. Maybe. You know what you got to do? You got to ice your back every night. You know what you got to do? You got to find a steam room in a sauna. No, I know what I got to do. I just got to rest. But unfortunately, when I get back to the city, I'm going to have to get another MRI and see what the hell's going on back there. It's uh, two herniated discs for those people keeping track at home. It's the lower, the lower uh, two, I think, L1 and S1, somewhere in that, that area. So, All right, I'm babbling. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Opie Radio Podcast. I really, really hope you enjoy a taste, and we're about to begin. So there you go. It's the Opie Radio Podcast! <laughs> Do you have neighbors that leave stuff in the hallway? No. No, they're really pretty good. You know, they let them, you put baby strollers in there, that's allowed, because you don't want to be dragging that up and down. But no, they're really, you, you can't even, they told us about a year ago, you can't even have a placemat anymore. It's a fire hazard. Oh. Somebody might trip over it. Right. I am a very good neighbor, especially because I have kids, and I want I want my kids to play with other kids in the building because it's convenient. And my neighbor had a, a little girl that's the same age as my son. And we're like, ooh, this is going to be great. You know, he could knock on the door. They could play a little bit. It would be, you know, get him out of our hair for a little bit. Uh, she turned out to be not a nice person. <laughs> she turned out to be extremely OCD, I think, because she would complain to the building every time we left something outside our apartment in the hallway. And I'm talking stupid stuff. Umbrellas. Right. 
uh, shoes, maybe gloves and hats in the winter, maybe an occasional scooter from one of my kids, right? And she would complain every time, and I would have uh, security knocking on my door. You got to remove the stuff from the hallway. It's a fire hazard, like you were just saying. And I'm like, all right, who's the rat? I have people in the building that really like us, and they finally told me who the rat was. It was this lady obsessively complaining about us. All right, so... It was winter. We, we left all the kids' stuff out in the hallway, gloves, hats, their boots, you know, let it dry out in the hallway. And all of a sudden, we hear some commotion, and my wife looks through the peephole, and this lady, like a lunatic, is kicking our kids' stuff as hard as she can as she waits for the elevator. And, and then here's the other part of that. Then her little kid that we thought would be nice, you know, friends with my son— was following the mom's lead and kicking my kid's stuff. Well, you want to teach your children to be an asshole. <laughs> I guess I guess you just want to lead by example sometimes and be a giant dick and show, yeah, that's horrible. And then we, you know, obviously we caught her red-handed because we're looking through the peephole. So my wife opens up the door really fast and goes, what are you doing? And she goes, well, "She now she's pleading innocence like she didn't do anything. And I'm like... Uh, my wife's like, well, how did my kid's stuff get thrown all over the place unless you were kicking it, which I know you were because I was watching through the peephole. <laughs> well, you know, and what happened? Did she act embarrassed and feel bad? And No, she was as stoic as they come, and she just denied, 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 and I, I got right in her face. I'm like, don't fucking kick my kid's stuff anymore or we're going to have a real problem. And the weird part is the the husband I, I get along with. Well, the shit didn't levitate and move itself. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, it's yeah. I, I'm glad I've never gotten any of that. I I, I kind of get the feeling that he wants to tell me, look, man, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't control her. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, kind of staring at the floor. Yeah, because he gives me these looks like, yeah, I've tried, bro. <laughs> this is all you now, man. <laughs> well, you know, then you got to be the bad guy, I guess, in the building. OP Radio. So we're approaching the 59th Street Bridge, so it's about to get ugly. Oh, yeah. Isn't Dangerfields around here? 61st and 1st. I call it the sadness. Rodney didn't even work there when he was alive. He lived upstairs and would walk down the street to 77th and catch a ride and star 77. He walked 15, 16 blocks from his own club because his own club was so bizarrely odd. And it still is, and I work there, but it's really... The sound system in the front's been blown out for 30 years, so when they tell everybody you need to move into the showroom, all you get is Charlie Brown's teacher. Why would they fix that? Because they don't fix anything. They don't. It's literally 1977. They have not turned one page. It's it's creepy in there and very, very dark with those like uh, lamps, those little, I think they're little red lamps on every table. Little red candlelights. They have their actual candles in the little red lamp. They have, they have, they have still going, only waiters, no women have ever worked there ever. Uh, everything's painted black. The carpet, the bar, the ceiling, the wall, everything's painted completely black except for the little red candles you're talking about. And Chario's been working there. Uh, he's an old Greek man. That's the original Raider there, and he's 105 years old if he's a day. I swear to you, if you didn't know any better, you, you thought you were going to awake. The things that used to go on in there, one of my favorite things used to do is totally gross, and they would just do it to scare people. Uh, Chario, the old dude, had a laptop, and he would unfold the laptop and open it up and leave it when you walked in the front door, and all he put was 
black porn with giant black men having sex with white women in the butt. <laughs> and they would just leave it there so when the customers walked in, they just enjoyed the bartenders and the other two or three waiters. They enjoyed the shock value of just watching some family from Iowa walk in and look at this crazy nasty porn thing <laughs> is this real it's completely true they finally made them this went on for at least seven or eight years did anyone complain and finally they stopped it yes someone finally complained and then it was um, it was the weirdest thing ever and they were all just grinning and winking, winking and looking at each other what, what took them so long to complain about this so, I don't know I, I'm not a regular that, that often but I'm telling you that's one of the funniest all the comics knew about it we were all talking about all over the city even when some of us didn't work there right you got to at least do two spots a week just to walk in there and watch chario scare the people with the black porn <laughs> that's amazing because of this whole me too movement we're going through it was the most and then after that they went to the little brochures and pamphlets that would advise you to tell you where all the creepy weird stuff was in the city so they would just leave that on the bar so people would like order a drink and then pick something up and look at it and it would just be like three guys on a three-way with each other just <laughs> having a lemon party right it was so they after the laptop they still went to the brochure porn for about two more years and then finally the boss came in and like all right enough with all this put the put the ugly shit away quit scaring people we're trying to run a business here that brings actually up another memory when i i i've never have you ever had a real job no I'm Same a, here. I worked in this video store when, when you know the the VCRs and the VHS tapes first started. My fraternity was up the hill. It was it was at my college. I was trying to make some extra money. They would come in and just take the VCRs. We only had three to rent out, and they would take them and, and put them up in the fraternity house for you know a week at a time. And my my the owner of the video store is like, why aren't you renting out these VCRs? <laughs> I was a hero. You know, for Geneseo, that's where I was at the time because that was the only way you could get porn. Oh, really? So, and, and once again, though, the fraternity brothers would come in and just wipe out the porn <laughs> or decide to put one on and hang out with me while I was working. <laughs> and then we would begrudgingly have to turn it off when a mom came in with a little kid to rent a Disney movie. Well, you know, that's 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 life in the big city. That's how it works when you're rocking it at SUNY Geneseo. And the owner of the place, he was so annoyed that he had to come from Syracuse, which really isn't that far. I'm trying to remember, maybe like two hour ride. He was so annoyed that it had he had to come to come from Syracuse to Geneseo to fire my ass. Oh, really? He drove all the way to, from Syracuse to fire me, and he made sure he told me how pissed off he was that he had to drive in to fire me. And the uh, the reason was that his numbers were dramatically lower. <laughs> because y'all were grifting. Yeah, Yeah, because the fraternity brothers were taking the VCRs <laughs> and wiping out the porno. Because, you know, that, that was uh, big business back then for those video stores. I remember, that was the first time I saw porn was when I was in college, I think. And some, some girlfriends of mine actually had a neighbor that found something and we all sat around and nobody, it was just more weird than anything. It was old 70s porn, you know, 80s, 70s porn. I got you beat actually. When we were in high school, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I think people will relate to it. Because now you say you do this, people go, this, that just simply doesn't make sense. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to set this up and defend myself before I say what I'm about to say. But on Long Island, there was a Bayshore movie theater that showed porn. Ah, the old school. And so me and my buddies in high school, 
we'll go, all right, hey, you want to go to the Bayshore movie theater? We would all, you know, pick up everybody, get a, a couple six-packs of cheap beer, liquor up a little bit, and then we'd go into the creepy theater to watch porn. That's how I, I first saw porn. Uh, we This happened also when I was in college. We It was on Saturday night at 12.30, midnight, you know, way after, and... My friends and I tried this a couple of times, but then the weirdos in there, like, masturbating and stuff, scared us so bad we quit going. We went in there like seven or eight regular people, and there was just three old creepy dudes with the long overcoat on something. And we were like, oh, my God. <laughs> we definitely we definitely felt all that. Uh, and it was, just, it was just weird, but I'm talking in the 80s, man. It made sense at the time that this is what you did to, you know, because you didn't want to go in the the porn theater by yourself because you literally felt like you would be assaulted. Well, that's where we had the, now we had the drive-in in my town when I was growing up. No, no, yes. no. And they would put it, again, only on after midnight, and we all knew in high school where to park our cars up on the side of the hill. Where you don't need the volume. No, no. <laughs> is that really true? That's totally true. This is also, and Ron White told me, remember his story, where he had the same thing in his neighborhood, and the dude caught him. And they were, remember his mom told this story on our show, because they were running, the dude caught him, and they were running, and Ron's friend was skinnier than he was, and he dove under the fence and crawled out, and Ron's fat ass got caught on the fence. <laughs> and so they got him, so they had to call his mom to come pick him up. And Miss Barbara told this to she's like, bless his heart. He was just so, he was like a little hog under that wire and couldn't get out. <laughs> totally good. I, I'm jealous of these kids today because, you know, you just turn on your phone and there's the porn. We really had to search it out. Oh, you had to work? Well, these guys, and a lot of comics I've heard, and they have really good jokes on this, where the premise is that. that you know, we're an accessible generation for click, click, anything gross or weird you want to see is available to anyone on their phone. And... So now when these teenagers start having sex with somebody, if they go to straight porn mode, they look like weirdos. You know, we were just making out and trying to grab a boob or something. They're they're doing chirping bird and whatever <laughs> kind of odd <laughs> people don't even know what's you're like, we're eighteen, dude. What's going on? <laughs> That's funny. My move when I was growing up was I had a paper route for a little while and then one day I saw like um, like old yeah. magazines and newspapers are all tied up in bundles. And I was thinking to myself, man, there must be, I think I was officially looking for any type of magazine, you know, for free. Because uh, I, I grew up pretty poor. And I would, I would take some of these bundles with me to the woods and I would, you know, cut the twine off it and see what I got. It was almost like uh, uh, storage wars. Like a grab bag, right. Like a, totally. It's yeah. a, yeah, $5, whatever you get in the bags, whatever you get, right. And uh, one day I hit the jackpot. Some dude was throwing away all his porn magazines. I went, holy shit. And then it became my full-time job to try to find more of this. <laughs> That's well, right. We were, I still remember the dude in my neighborhood who used to do this. And he didn't know. We all laughed because we were talking about, because this was basically Playboy, Penthouse. That was basically it. Swank. Maybe or something gross, but we, you know, O U I. Yeah, yeah, sure. And we had the dude that was doing what you were doing in our neighborhood. He went. We were talking about all the titty books that we liked, and he's like, and somebody said, you know, we is pretty good, and he goes, oh. 
if it's as good as O-U-I, he, he didn't know that O-U-I was pronounced we. <laughs> what an idiot. Danny Capone. I still love him. He's a good man. I love that. I still love him. <laughs> He's lived across the street from me forever. Totally good dude. Driving. Podcasting. Check one, two. Is this thing on? Talking porn. Opie Radio. What the fuck? Radio Podcast. What the fuck is he talking about? I'm confused. And Vic, one other thing about getting porn when we were a lot younger, unlike these kids that just get it on their phone, I had a stationery store, and I would go in there. I would slowly but surely make my way to the magazine section, trying to be cool, like I'm just looking around, (laughs) just right browsing. Browsing, but I would start at the baseball cards and where the candy was. And then the magazine section, because they, they sold porn, was sort of in the back. So I think it was pretty obvious to the, the, the person that owned the stationery store that if a kid my age, I'm talking 13, 12, 13, was back there, they're, they're trying to look at porn. Whitney, Dan Whitney, Larry the Cable Guy, he used to have, he had some great jokes because he, when they would uh, put them in plastic, and you had to buy like five magazines at one time and the front one would always be in black and white and that always aggravated him when he was a teenager he's like i'm trying to buy my spank pack is what he called it <laughs> and he's like you put the one with the colored pictures on the front you don't put the black and white <laughs> or you know somebody's really really desperate if they buy the spank pack with the black and white on the front <laughs> I was laughing. Now you missed a turn. I was laughing so hard I just missed our turn. So that gives us more time to talk, I guess. Now, how the hell am I going to get over there? I don't know, but this policeman looks like they may help us. I don't know if that's a man or a woman. I don't know if this man or a woman. I think it's a dude. It's a dude. It doesn't matter these days. I don't even think you can acknowledge gender. I like the guy. Look at the shirtless man crossing the street over here. Here's a New York City moment right there, running shirtless. Run, Forrest, run! <laughs> He's got his earbuds in. He didn't hear you. <laughs> he laughed. The cop laughed. <laughs> hey, can, hey can you, I need to take a left, though. Oh, no! We love the story. He told me. I made him laugh. I made him laugh. Thanks, man. Thank you, brother. You have a We will now. I know I'm blocking, but he told me I could go. Wait, that's you. This is really awesome, though. That's a good New York City moment we just had right there. You made him laugh with the run force tron, and now we're making an illegal left turn from the right-hand lane going across five orange cones. Here we go. We're on. We're in. Done. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, my God. He just let us cut in front of 20 cars. We literally would have had a, a sit-through probably five lights. We would have had to go down to the 50s. We would have not. No. You made the dude laugh. The power of comedy, Mr. Greg Hughes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so the stationary story. So then I would kind of make my way to the magazines, and then I would watch the mirrors in the store, and then I would I would pick my moment, and I would go for it. It was the only shoplifting I ever did. And then I would uh, then I would run for it. I would grab the magazine and run for it, and then I would pretty much bury it in the woods behind my house out there uh, on Long Island. Everybody, my friends used to do that. They always had their stash hidden in the woods for some reason. Well, you can't bring it in the house. But it's going to get rained on or, you know, messed up somehow. No, man, you're a rookie. you got to put in uh, all sorts of plastic, not just one plastic bag. you got to use multiple plastic bags. I do remember, though... <laughs> that some nights 
I wanted some alone time, and I would. It would be a whole thing how to get the magazine and from the woods into my bedroom for the night. Oh wow! I don't need. It was like date night. Yeah, my. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, this is much better than stupid Jerry Seinfeld's comedians in cars getting coffee. We're having a real conversation. Not something that is spliced to death for 12 stupid minutes. I've, well, you know. Sorry, I, I, I don't want to, like, you know, ruin it for you by by trashing see, Jerry no, Seinfeld. No, 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 he used to have, I used to, I always tease Jerry Seinfeld because when I was married to Robin Williams, she was really hot, and he always tried to have sex with her. And so I'd be, I'd be in many a night doing spots around the city. I'm like, hey, fucker, I'm standing right here. Wait, you were married and he didn't give a fuck? Uh, we, we were dating and uh, we were dating and he didn't care and then years later when we were married and lived in LA, I ran into him in LA he walks up to her at the improv and starts doing it again and I'm like, hey we're married, dick <laughs> so, oh, I love your honesty, I love it Vic He didn't care, he was, he was like Oh well Vic, you know <laughs> I believe that a man should wake up in the morning and <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But I was like, dude, seriously. <laughs> but she was that good looking. <laughs> so. And uh, yes, Robin Williams is a female. You've explained that over the years. I am a comic and I'm married. My first wife's name is Robin Williams. We were together for 11 years. That's pretty cool. Well, I told the original Robin Williams that when I first met him at the cellar one night. We were sitting there and I go, hey, you know, I married somebody. She's from Houston. Her name's Robin Williams. And he kind of oh, he kind of laughed a little bit. And I go, that ain't the funny part. And he goes, what's the funny part? I go, she's hairier than you. <laughs> was she really? Oh God, full on Kaepernick out of the butthole. A full on Kaepernick afro wig out of the butthole. What what nationality? I, uh, I some Filipino and uh, and white. So Texas. Dad was Filipino. And uh, his mother married an American serviceman, so she was one quarter Filipino. But I don't think that had anything to do with the Harry. They're not Harry people, as far as I know. But I, I, I don't know, Vic. <laughs> I just know. I know that I get to tell this because it cost me eighty three thousand dollars. <laughs> so let me have this moment. I, I will be mean and name call and say you have a Harry bunghole because I paid you eighty three thousand dollars. Speaking of um, Harry. I, I lost my virginity to a girl that had a very rare uh, birth defect, and she had what I can only describe as uh, the almost like a, I, I guess you can't call it a mane, but it was it was thick hair, thick hair, not a little hair, not like peach fuzz that you, you know a lot of the women have, but it was thick, dark hair that went the length of her spine. Oh, my God. See, that would be, that. I just kind of want to pet her all day long. <laughs> she was beautiful. I'm sure you did, right? She was beautiful, big blue eyes. But, man, it turned me off uh, to doggy style for a while. I had one that was crazy about me in high school, and she had a full-on mustache. I mean, it was a Billy D. Williams. But she was smoking hot. She was a cheerleader from a crosstown school, and all my friends, and I I wouldn't go out with her. She, she was crazy about me, and all my friends are going, dude, ignore the mustache. Just ignore it. I'm like, it's a full-on Colt 45 <laughs> Billy D. <laughs> was it really that bad? It was pretty, you know, it was pretty bad. And then, um, and then I, then I, yeah, they all said, no, no, you gotta overcome this. You gotta overcome this, and so I did. That's tough to overcome, I think. Did you, like, hint that she should wax it or anything? No, I never brought... You know, I, I my only out was her uh, Her mom brought up some stuff about my family. 
And so I probably was getting ready to break up with her anyway. And then I went to pick her up one night, and it was the, the mom. The mom was the old 800-pound uh, woman that's married to the man that weighs 90. You know, they're the number 10 when they're standing <laughs> together. And I was waiting. Chubby chaser. And she was late. And uh, and her mom said something about some stuff that was going on around town with my family. And I went, oh, uh, bye. <laughs> I go tell her, uh, tell her I said you're a fat piece of shit, and uh, I'm never going out with her again. And she should fucking wax that mustache. <laughs> oh, a parting shot. And I walked out the door. Yes, her dad owned the Harley Davidson dealership. Oh, you got balls <laughs> in our town, right? You got balls. Well, I thought he was say hey, I could have broke him in half, and I'm not a badass. Yeah, but what about his friends? Yeah, I didn't think about that. I was, Bikers don't play, man. Now, when you're 17, you're not thinking clearly, but that is true. Opie Radio. <laughs> uh, we got to say hi to Chris Voss from the record company. One of my favorites. I'm telling you, one of my favorite people in, in uh, the music business oh, man, and one of my you. favorite bands out there right now. And uh, we're thrilled to be here to talk to Chris Voss. Um, I was thrilled to have your people reach out to me and go, whoa, Ope's back. He's doing a podcast. Uh, the guys want to, you know, come on and say hi. Yeah, man. Well, you, you've been a supporter of us, uh, right from the get go. So, you know, that, that means a lot to me, man. I'm old school. I come from Wisconsin farm family. You yeah. know, we, we, we appreciate that shit. We were podcasting in my car on the way down for this interview. Oh man. And, and I was telling the story that, uh, you reached out to me or your people, about uh, Rita Mae Young, the yes. video. Your guys said, hey, man, they want you to release it on your YouTube channel. Yeah, I man. never forgot that. Oh, that was amazing that you did that for yeah. us. We appreciated that. And, and it was the hula hoop girl. Yes, uh, Katie Sunshine. Right. Man. Best hooper in the world, man. She's unbelievable. Wait, you know how we got her on a video? Uh-uh. She um, tagged herself on Instagram. We were talking about, like, okay, we got to do a video, and she tagged herself doing this hula hoop thing, and... I was like, we're driving, and the guys are like, what should we do for this video? And I like turned the phone around. I'm like, just let her film the video. That would be better than anything we can do. She's so good. And we just called her up. We're like, hey. Yeah. No, we, nah, I, mean, I guess you didn't call her up, but you shoot her a line on the thing. Sure. Like, hey, you know, you like the song? Yeah, I like the song. You want to do the video for a song? Sure. So we sent a, sent a guy down there. She picked out a spot right in front of her like favorite lake in Arkansas, and she Hooped it up. She looked amazing. Oh, was, so sexy. She's such a uh, my ma. My ma's like, oh, she's very talented. She's amazing. <laughs> she's amazing. Because like, it's she, sexy. It's not slutty. It's not sexy. It's yeah, completely it's amazingly. Yes, it's it really, just really talented. I understand there's some talented talent there, person, but it, the sexiness doesn't it, hurt. It's super sexy. Well, the, I don't know what's better, the song or the girl. Right. I, would, I would go with the girl. <laughs> <laughs> Carl is fired up Carl. for the big record company interview. Yeah. <laughs> record company know, talk. We got Chris. The other two guys were the other up there Alex somewhere talking to other around out there. They got there's some other stuff happening today, so they had to lock that all down. But I was like, I'm gonna come over here and do this thing. Yeah, like I said to Opie, I'm the only one to talk anyway. So yes, the other guys, are, unless you can amplify staring into a microphone, which I don't think. <laughs> Put it on 20. He still ain't saying shit. <laughs> the one thing that is still good in the United States is you still can get regional. There still is regional Oh, shit. hell yeah. Like cuisine. Yeah, cuisine. That's the word. <laughs> There's regional cuisine. Like, you know, like if I'm in the Carolinas, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try the pulled pork with the... the Absolutely. You know the I mean? vinegar or oh, the other oh, one. Depends oh, on if you're in East Carolina or West Carolina. You go down to to, uh, to Texas and or Oklahoma, you got to get the brisket. Absolutely. If you dare put any sauce on that, they're going to 
chop your arm off. Right. You know what I mean? True. So it's like, you know, you go to Chicago, you got to have a Chicago dog, you got to have some Italian beef. You know, uh, you go up to Wisconsin, you got to have some cheese and brats, man. You go to Baltimore, you got to get the Chaps Pit Beef. You ever had the Pit Beef? I haven't, man. Baltimore's Chaps Pit Beef and uh, Kevlar suit. That's what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, though. <laughs> Little travel tips from Carl. <laughs> the more you know. The more you know. <laughs> OP Radio. So you guys tour so much. Uh, yeah. What's the one city where you you do fall into the tourist trap? I mean, when we went overseas, you know, first time I was in Paris, you know, that was like, oh shit, you got to go to the, you're going to the Eiffel Tower, right? You're yeah. Going to the yeah. Eiffel Tower, yeah, I respect there's, that. But you know that the Eiffel Tower is, it's there's nothing. It, I imagine if you talk to someone from Paris, they'd be like, ah, oh, the Eiffel Tower, and I don't know, maybe I'm just like the cats in Times Square because I walked over there, I was like, this is unbelievable, right? Man. I was blown away by it. Where'd you guys play over that, there? Sorry. With that said, sorry, uh, Vic. Uh, lived in New York more or less all my life, except for the radio thing. You know, living in other cities. Never been to the Statue of Liberty. I've and never, never been, been to the either. Empire State Building to the top. I have been there. You're awful. I, You're I, a horrible I, human being. I, I, I he also know. hasn't been down the street from his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> He's never made a left. <laughs> I think that's true, Carl. I was walking with him before. He's like, look at that building. I'm like, that's your house, dude. <laughs> I was standing out in front of his house. I'm like, oh, my God, you live here? Oh, he's still overwhelmed by stuff because he doesn't go out a lot. So it's like a little newborn baby. <laughs> he's like, it's cloudy. <laughs> when you were in Paris, did you see Jim Morrison's grave? I did, man. How was that? That was that was quite a place, man. Uh, because it had like you know Jim Morrison and yeah, the other people. There's a million other a million, people. yeah, like Chopin and like uh, uh, Emerson. Yep. You know, like uh, that's really crazy. Right. You know, like, you know what? It's weird, man. My dad's a big Doris fan, right on, and uh, big rock and roll fan. Uh, and I got fucking bummed out. Right. Like this guy died a long time ago, and it bummed me out. I, I was totally, I, I was not expecting that. Right. Like, and I, I'm just like a lot of other people. I grew up in a rural scenario. I mean, I, I, I've, I'm closed off from my emotions, you right. know. So when they suddenly creep up on me outside of a musical context, it surprised the shit out of me. Like I got really freaking bummed out, and it's funny because you're thinking. Uh, how is that going to happen? This guy died way before I was born. And just the idea of it, you know, and I'm not trying to like bring the whole scene down. Everybody looks no, like this is the good stuff. Look at how sad no, no. everybody no, is. No, I was going to say, dive in there, man. It I bums you out, just man. continue like a candy yeah. or something. You, yeah. <laughs> or a chip. <laughs> <laughs> or like when new Coke came out and it went away. It's fucking devastating. Oh, it's completely. Continue. I'm sorry. But no, no, but it, it did. It bummed me out. You know, I mean, I don't know if it's the idea of 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 some being some that young and then right. and 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 having it all and just kind of, but or it's just the, the romance of, of. I mean, Paris has got something, man. Yeah. It is magical, man. It's got some romance over there, and I'm not like really that big of a deal on that stuff, right. but it, it it freaked me out. Like I was like really moved by that yeah. city. Well, getting back to the Morrison thing, I think it always always bums me out when someone dies that's so creative, that's right. so young, because you you sit there going, "What a waste." He had so much more to do. Yeah, man. And even well, though he was a bloated mess and he didn't take care of himself, yeah, no one here gets out alive is one of the greatest rock books. Hope ever. He's literally talking about if you. Me. If you read the book, you know <laughs> the book. Look at your car. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> book. Yeah, it's an amazing story. It's totally yeah. Yeah. On a Doors live record, his scream at the beginning of of Backdoor Man. Yes. If you, you're listening and you don't know what I'm talking about, it's Doors live. It, it goes it goes straight from 
backdoor man in a whiskey bar. That's that's when you know you've got the right uh, version. You can't miss it. The yell he does at the beginning of that, mm-hmm. it's insane. Absolutely. And, it comes and from I'm, a deep, dark place. Yeah. Right? He like, you know, Jagger is definitely like, and to, my, to me, like one of the greatest front men of all time, no question. The Stones are probably like, if I had to pick one band, they're my, they're my band. I love the Stones. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Stones guy. Jagger brought all that showmanship and he learned it watching that James Brown on that Tammy show. You know, he kind of figured right. it out, right? Yep. Yeah. Morrison, though, brought, that's where like Ozzy Osbourne, heavy metal comes out of Jim Morrison, man. In my mind, like the dark, mm-hmm. like there is no, you know, uh, uh, Dio without Morrison. Right. Right. There's no, you know, it's like you needed that guy. A lot of guys won't turn their back to the audience and sing. Yeah, and he would. He would start the show not facing the He's crowd for, for thirty, forty minutes sometimes. And was that? I never. I can't remember. Was that truly because he was freaked out, or was that supposedly that was the story? Yeah, that it was. He had a little bit of a stage fright, stage kind of fright. thing, and then it turned into this mythical, cool, like nobody, no front man had ever turned sure. their goddamn back. You're not a front They're, man if your back's facing the crowd. I, <laughs> so I, I love the Doors for their bluesy stuff. That you know, being a radio guy, uh, uh, the stuff that we didn't play, like five to one. But, Backdoor man, they didn't really play a lot. LA waiting Woman. for the waiting for the sun, uh, that's the stuff. He said Alabama song. Whiskey Alabama Bar. song is one of my favorite. Peace yeah. frog. Yeah, that's the name yeah. of the tune. My right. apologies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you're right. Can I ask a question? Uh, here? You could. Yes. Vic, <laughs> oh my Vic, God. you seem like a man that's had a lot of time to think about things through all your travels. What What are your top five? Live albums. Ooh. Vic literally has a music bonus. Well, now you right said. Now. <laughs> I'm so excited to answer. You this mentioned the the doors are live. She cried is yeah. is is amazing. It's got to be up there. It's got to be it's up, up there. there. Uh, Zeppelin, the uh, the live concert, the movie, the song remains the same. Song remains that's, the same. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Hendrix. Yep. That the band that you can't go wrong there. You can't go wrong. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. You like the Pompeii live at Pompeii. Yes. Ooh, ooh, nice. I'll help you out. What about- <laughs> I like live at Winterland. Oh, yeah. If I used to tell people forever that no problem in your life is ever so dramatic that if you sit down and put on live at Winterland, the power of the music will beat the shit out of whatever problem you have in your life right out of you. You're literally like the old guy in the, in the Maxell cassette tape blown back in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I got one for you that if you haven't checked it out, you should. Tell me. Uh, Muddy Waters live at Newport, 1960. Ooh. I know what I'm doing you this afternoon. It. Yeah, I think I got <laughs> to that shit, What about Frampton Comes Alive? <laughs> I like Frampton Comes Alive. Nothing wrong with that. It's not too bad. It was all right. Not too bad. It was okay. I liked uh, um, Rattling Home. You what? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, man. Rattling Puffy Home. Live. Puff, no, Puff Daddy, just regular. Not Puff live. Daddy. We're talking yeah. live, Carl. Puffy, Puffy Live. I'm out. <laughs> You know what? We were talking about documentaries. Opie. Yes, we were. You know what I just watched that was really good? I watched the Bob Hope documentary. There's a Bob Hope documentary? It's two hours. It's ah, fucking great. Where, where is Opie's it? On right? Netflix? It's on Netflix. We were talking before we started recording. Uh, Chris Chris Voss from the record company, by the way. I should reset a little bit. No worries. Um, he's a big documentary guy, and he saw the Andre the Giant. Oh, man. Did you see the Elvis the Searcher? No. It's two parts on HBO. It's two. Oh two yeah, hour. man! I saw the back half of yeah. it. I still got to go back. It's pretty good. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, you forget how powerful that comeback special was in '68 and all that yeah. footage of everything. But some it's of, really good. Some of uh, Elvis's live stuff's pretty good. Oh yeah, pretty damn oh, good. Oh, live with Aloha from Hawaii. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was the planet. We put that on every Thanksgiving, man. Do you really? Yeah, it's a what's, tradition. What's your favorite documentary of all time, or one <gasps> of your top fives? Man, that's real tough. I really love documentaries. It depends on what. I'm, the biggest surprise, like that, introduced me to a whole different thing in music was that Buena Vista Social Club. Oh, that's awesome! 
that that whole yep. Cuban sewn music phenomenon. That was kind of what that's probably about a fifteen year old thing. You're right. right now. Yeah, that that was really cool. But like, um, you know, man, that giant one. Just because I just saw it, the Andre the Giant one's that's really great. great. That, you know anything in Ken Burns? That's Ken Burns yes. Civil War or Ken Burns Baseball? Yes. The National Parks. I, I haven't seen that one. It's yet. amazing. Vietnam. The Vietnam. I haven't oh seen that one. Oh my god, that yet. was the most recent. Yeah, that was crazy. Insane. I haven't seen that one yet. But Andre the Giant. We were talking about this on a past yeah. podcast. So good. How he, he was so big he couldn't get into the the airplane bathrooms, and he had those long trips to Japan. Yeah. So they had to break out a bucket and then hold up like a shower curtain, and I guess what would be first class. So Andre <laughs> the Giant could <laughs> look at like he's he's gonna be a look. <laughs> So Andre the Giant could take a dump. <laughs> yeah, use the bathroom. Good Lord. And you imagine that? That's the thing about that guy that's so crazy that they get to in that documentary is like, you know, the fact that he made so much of himself was such a, a, a thing happening that really at the time when he came up was fucked up to have happened. Like nobody knew what it was, what yeah. to do about it. And instead of him being like, like they talk about how his ma was all like, he's going to die. Right. And he like goes and he figures out how to make himself not only like successful but a household name yes. across the world i didn't realize how like hurt andre the giant was and he was still performing and he, he could barely that, fucking move they were saying in this documentary at wrestlemania they bring him to the yeah. ring in a, in a little ring yeah because he can't walk can't anymore walk. that's like fuck i up. know it's, that's a, it's tr- that's it, crazy it, all of it i These, used to love wrestling and then i saw female breast <laughs> <laughs> I wrapped up the whole thing. Let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> I saw it. That changed it all. Changed it all. That's like that's like the Wizard of Oz when they went from co- uh, black and white to color. Exactly. Yeah. That Everything was your moment. Changed. Everything changed for I got good. Brute thirty three. Put it on. Yeah. Brute. You know, I had a theory about Old Spice. I, I when I that it had been so far removed from the public consciousness when I was going to high school that it's now it's back in in, in it's, but that when they had just a stick with the white. The yeah. white original. I every girl I dated back in high school would be like, "Hey, you smell real nice." It had been so long right. since anybody smelled Old Spice that they actually didn't realize Old Spice is the shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely. Like our podcast. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of wondering if they're like brute by Fabergé. If you just split, isn't that what it was? I, yeah. I, yes. I karate. Yeah. I, 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 I karate. I wear brute thirty-three. You do? I do. You can still find that shit? Yeah, it's in every CVS they have it. It's on the bottom. It's on the bottom. Is it in a plastic dusty. bottle? It's always dusty. It's dusty. <laughs> but it was funny. I was How's your dating card these days? <laughs> I was wearing it, and it, it picks up a certain type of girl. You know what I mean? Dare I ask? Yeah. <laughs> well, you maybe you should go to the vet after, get oh, checked out. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I, I opened a restaurant. It was one of the hardest things I ever did. We opened the restaurant, and the power went out. There was an ice storm on our opening day. And we had $11 in the bank account. And then we couldn't open. We lost power for three days and had to throw away all of our inventory. Wow. Oh, shit. And I was like, holy shit. So the next day that we had the power back on, I'm driving in my little car to uh, to my friend's restaurant. I said, can I borrow your food to make some money? And he's like... You're you're an idiot. Yeah, come on, come be just because I want to watch this. Right. <laughs> like that's how restaurant people are so sure. morbid. He's like, you're going down, bro. Come and get the lettuce. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, on my way back with all the food in the car, there's a lady on the side of the road with a flat tire on her bicycle. So I help her. You know, even with all the food, I put the bike on and we, I get her to her house in the town that I, you know that I opened the restaurant. Ends up, she was the president of the homeowners association. And sent out an email. Everybody uh, has to go to this kid's restaurant for and, real, and and that's what. And, so the Good Samaritan actually paid off yeah. for you. 
also proficient in check forgery, but that's for another <laughs> That's hitting the ball a whole different another way. Another broadcast. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're Bob Sager. We've got a lawyer in the room right now. Uh, I was kidding about everything. <laughs> so we, I guess we should move on to the, the new uh, record company album. Uh, the first song, uh, Life to Fix, is amazing. Thanks, man. What I'm proud of with the tune is that through all this stuff we just went through, I kind of figured out that, like, in the end, you're left with yourself and if you're not healthy and on the inside of that you're gonna be fucking miserable right no matter how good or bad you have it right mm-hmm. kind of like what you were talking about before height of the heights and then if you're not feeling all right about what's going down in your heart yeah. and your body your mind your your situation it's not good so the the songs like get inside you know like work on that shit you know that's take responsibility for yourself and 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 figure yourself out before you start you know you know and that was kind of the 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 idea was like uh after it was all said and done i was like the only way we're gonna make a good record is to get inside and 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 be real you know and and like you know i could come on here and not talk about how i deliver pizzas to a high school I'd probably be a lot cooler if I did. No, you're way cooler. No, you know, I like, think about that. No, it's amazing. You know, yes. but I don't want to fucking hold that shit back, right. man, because, you know, what I'm trying to say, and, you know, one of the reasons I, I, I wanted to come on here too, Opie, was because I, you helped us out, you know? You, you gave us a shot, and uh, that means a lot to me, man. Wow. And, like, uh, because I did fucking deliver pizzas, right. you know, and I did, I did stand in a on a farm in the middle of nowhere far from any city and have this picture of sitting and doing shit like this and right. I never thought it would fucking happen. Right. And here I am today. So you're and appreciative though. A lot I'm of people go through the same stuff like that but as soon as they hit the big time they forget about it. They're wrong. <laughs> no, this but guy right Carl. <laughs> Carl can't wait to leave. I change my phone every two weeks. <laughs> Were you? Chef who? I looked inside uh, for the last few years myself uh, I can't. I can't look over there as I tell you this, but because they're gonna just mock it. But got into meditation and uh, some therapy. Shaman. And, uh, I saw a shaman. That's for another episode. A he shaman. Did. No he shit. did. I saw a shaman. Native American shaman. Hey, even the rock stars like you did. No, huh? he said no shit. I like it. I like it. I like it. He said no shit in a good way. Yeah. Okay. No shit. He was like, "That's impressive." I, yeah. I saw it in his eyes. You know what, man? I think that's. Fucking great. <laughs> I do. I think it's fucking great. I do. I'm being honest. You're gonna pay for it with them, but not with me. I've noticed that there's so little kindness in this room that genuine kindness is seen as sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> take yeah, you no man i'm figuring it we're, out we're very guarded yeah <laughs> no man i think that's all great shit no we uh, uh my wife's really into yoga meditation stuff so i did yeah. i've dipped in and uh there's this reiki uh master and he d- and he does some shaman shit so he comes over to my uh apartment on the upper west side oh boy the building was not happy when this guy walked in oh yeah he had the tribal drums and he he was dressed apart with all sorts of uh, little bags of of medicine yeah yeah and, <laughs> and uh he had me snort something and i've never done heroin Oh Lord! But for for a second or two, no, not a second. For probably twenty straight minutes, I'm like, "Is this heroin?" I was oh, wow. freaking the f out. Oh wow! It was some kind of Peruvian um, uh, plant <laughs> that was t- tobacco based. I gotta I gotta get all my info for the official shaman podcast. Oh my god! But it just. It, 
I, I I stored in one nostril, and my whole right side was just fired up. And Welcome I to my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I was more than alert. I didn't I'll realize I was into shamans. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, you're ready for the left side. I'm like, at this point, why? all right. Yeah, and left good. side, and then my, I, my body was on fire. Wow. And, I'm, and I, I was getting was. paranoid going, what the hell? Did I just do heroin or something? But it's tobacco-based, and, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, this yeah, Peruvian yeah. plant. Yeah, and, yeah, all right, Pe- just, Peruvian plant, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man, but, you you know, it, it all comes from that place of wanting to, to get it together, right? Like inside, like even that's probably weird for people who have been fans of yours for years to think, why the fuck would you need to do that? Well, yeah, it was, it's a lot of fucking pressure yeah. and there's a lot, you know, staying on, you can't do one good show and have a career. Right. You have to do a good show every fucking time. Right. Yeah. Every same time. You same, same you're, no, yeah, you gotta leave it lay out there, man, right. or nothing. You got yeah. nothing. Johnny Carson did fucking... 30 years of great shows. You know, I mean, it's like uh, you got to freaking kill it every time, right? I, uh, I mean, even when even when you ain't killing it, you got to be trying to kill yeah. it. Yeah, or you right? got to make believe you're killing it. Yeah. You got to put that, put that smile on your face. There's, wow, you, and that's, now there's a lot of things to hit here. So, like, I, I, I had a lot of weight on my shoulders at the height of my success. So sure. I, didn't really, I didn't really enjoy it as much. And I was irritable. I had an anger problem. Uh, then I met my wife and realized... You know, I got I got to figure my shit out because I'm really into this. And then when I had my kids, I'm like, oh my god, get sure, get your crap together. Yeah. So it started. It really started when I met my wife 14 years ago, and it took a long time. My wife I, saved my life too, man. For real? How yeah. long have you been married? Ten years. Nice. I have the complete opposite story. <laughs> <laughs> Carl's going through some stuff. Carl's That's going through a thing right now. Right now. Yeah. Carl, Carl, for real. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to him about the shaman. I'll talk with the shaman. Get the shaman, man. Earmuffs. Get the shaman. Earmuffs. We're going to have a moment now, me and Chris. How did she save your life? She you just wanted to be a better me, person? Yeah, man. I, I wanted to be worthy of being around her. Right on, man. You know? We're gonna, we're gonna I could have fucking fucked my life up and been fine with that right. on my own. Right. We're going to snort some Peruvian dust. Man. I, I think we're doing it already. <laughs> we're going to do that. OP Radio. <laughs> so tell us about the new album, the rest of it. Uh, Life uh, to Fix, just, obviously, is a great song that uh, everyone's playing right now. And, yeah. And then, it's, uh, you know, it's just a rock and roll record. It's it's not like a bunch of heavy, deep intros. It's just, it's just rock and roll. But uh, there is a, there are some themes in there, and I think, like, you know, one of the things I always, uh, uh, man, I, shit, I, I feel like I'm getting a little too shaman myself here, but yes. I will, <laughs> yes. I will say this. I maybe, maybe there is the Peruvian <laughs> dust in here, but go over to his. But side. I will say yes. this. <laughs> I'll say this, it's man. That the, the the center concept of what I learned, and what I believe, and I think it's a mathematical fact, is no matter how dark, the darkness, no matter how vast, it cannot stop a light, even the smallest one. And a light will exist, you know, and um, that's what it's about. Damn, I love that. That's what Leonard Cohen said. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, By the way, by the way, to Carl and Vic, the shaman came back twice. Fucking boo. Sad. Sad, Twice. Sad, I, I want to hear the story, but I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know anything. I'm trying to block it out of my mind. Just, you know, there's no shamans in here. I want a worm in my ear right now eating this out. <laughs> I'm going to invite Chris Voss to do the shaman podcast with me. You I'll be in your corner, man. Are you much of a baseball fan? You know what? It's the only sport uh, in recent years I don't follow anymore. You know, I just well, don't love it, but. This won't hinge on anything new. Okay. 
there's another thing. I God, I feel like I'm tossing out a lot of fucking shit like this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just go. I'm just this is the, the I'm in the spirit of of the honesty of this program. Yes. Um, Good. Yes. Joe DiMaggio. Right. I'm gonna paraphrase for those big Joe DiMaggio fans in case I make a mistake. Marilyn Monroe in the baseball but bat. I, I'm, no. Oh, no. There he is. I'm going. This is. I'm staying on the positive side. Just the baseball. All right. Sorry. So going back to the baseball. baseball do you know? Do you know what? Uh, do you know what Joe DiMaggio said about playing ball? Why he played ball so hard? Why he played the way he did every day? Because he was known as and I, and everybody knows nobody's perfect. <laughs> but on a baseball field, Joe DiMaggio apparently was the man all the time. And when he got asked, "Why do you play so hard, Joe?" His answer, and it stuck with me, uh, was there might be a kid in the ballpark that's I'm his favorite player, and he'll only see me once. And if I don't play hard, he's going to go home and think I'm no good. Yeah. I was like, shit, man, that's a good reason. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, um, I, I kind of try to keep that in my heart when we play, too. That's awesome. You know? Great answer. That's a great answer. I think that's a great place to stop this, right? Thanks, man. Chris Fine Boss. by me, yeah, no kidding, buddy. I can't wait. I it's appreciate sober. you all, man. Thanks for having Chris me in here. This is hilarious. No, dude, no, really, this is perfect. Smart. Thank I mean, you, dude. smarter than us. Yeah, I'm glad. The, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad the two other guys aren't here. Oh no, <laughs> they're Mark amazing. And, Mark yeah, and Alex are awesome. Too. They're amazing. They really are. These these guys are so like down to earth. That's why I don't know. We we kind of hit it off from the first day. Yeah, we did. I've, uh, I've been texting people for an hour that we're best friends. <laughs> 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 All right, well, we wrap it up. So Chris Voss from the record company, uh, Life to Fix is out everywhere. Check it out and wherever you get your music. Go to the recordcompany.net to check that out. Uh, thanks to everybody for uh, listening to me, and thank you, Opie and guys, for uh, having me. Awesome. Thanks to our lovely engineer for sitting here and making sure we sound good. Absolutely. Go see she, made, she actually has a studio that Opie likes to be in. So <laughs> I, That's cool. I love this studio. Yeah. I, I thought he was going to start They're never itching. leaving, by the way, ever. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I want to be in a studio anymore. The, well, the podcast you change been your just... mind because I'm pretty fucking comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Bathrooms and water. <laughs> <laughs> Lights, we, we've been guitars the, on the wall. There's beautiful stuff here. We literally take the podcast all over the place. It's awesome, especially man. in New York City. There's so many places to go. I guess eventually we're gonna have to settle into a studio. They call that punk rock, man. Yeah, yeah man. You're, you're <laughs> punk now. We're doing a little punk rock action. Yeah. It's the punk rock uh, phase of our career. Dead Kennedys, baby. I call it the uh, the honey drippers phase for me. I was Ooh, in Zeppelin. And now, I love the now honey I'm doing the honey drippers. I love the honey drippers. <laughs> you I had a couple them. good songs, right? Kingman's a great record. Yeah, you know. Nobody knows what you guys are talking about. He, he knows, knows the honey, honey drippers. Well, he's a rock star. Well, well, he's going to say nobody. We've got a musician sitting here. I'm the nobody. Oh, okay. All right, Carl. <laughs> All right. We'll talk about La Bamba for years. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I hit my head. <laughs> Just back his head. <laughs> yeah, you're right about the studio thing. <laughs> All right. We're out of here. Chris Voss from the record company. Thanks, Thank guys. you. Awesome. All right. Oh, appreciate it. OB Radio.